I got attention every time I complained about a stomachache. And I had an actual stomachache every fucking day. So I was being given attention, even if it was negative attention, every single day. She's a bit dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> you Actually. do you. Yeah. Listen guys, this bit is about being unapologetically you, okay? Hello! <laughs> Get heart centered. Everybody has a story. Like it's a choice. Anybody can get a massage and do a face mask. Ladies, counting bits. What up guys, it's Lindsay. It's Allie. And it's Raina, and today we have a real treat for you guys. It is a special interview. Can I call it an interview? It's a special so. VIP exclusive, super duper extravagant interview with Lindsay M.F. Ross. For a super extravagant person. For a super extravagant <laughs> person. Hey, don't speak until we until we introduce you all the way. Exactly. Okay? We, we have a lot to discuss here. And, you know, we well, did an episode. How many ago was that? Maybe four or five? And it was all about yeah, Raina. Yeah, a few dozen ago. Yeah, it was about Raina and her journey and health and wellness and... And all all things fun. All things Raina. Now we are turning the tables and going to Lindsay M.F. Ross. And we're <laughs> going to get real and bring her your story and talk the real talk. Because Lindsay gives no fucks. She is kind of known for her real talk, I would say. Yeah, you think? <laughs> <laughs> so I think let's just go back so that if, if you don't know, and you know, first of all, check out the YouTube because we're here live. You can see her in all her glory. Um, Linz. Here and queer. Loud and proud. What's up, guys? <laughs> Start from the beginning. Take us back. Oh, man. All right. I am Lindsay motherfucking Ross. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. First timer. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, guys. Uh, in all seriousness, obviously I make jokes because it's uncomfortable to talk about childhood. It's uncomfortable to be vulnerable. And I know that because it's where I thrive. It's literally my wheelhouse is to be in a place of, of growth and transformation and change. And that's all because of basically where it started. Um, I was sick. Like the earliest memory that I have, I'm going to use like very specific language for a reason that I was sick. Okay. The first memory I have of being a child is being sick, is being nauseous and throwing up and having, you know, diarrhea. And just a heads up guys, if you're uncomfortable with medical talk, I, Feel free to, you know, fast forward to the next <laughs> There may episode. be a lot of poo talk. I understand um, if you do have any type of irritable bowel anything, then I'm definitely someone you're going to want to listen to. Um, and honestly, even if I'm not, listen to anyone. Just please educate yourself because there's a wealth of knowledge out there to be had, okay? So my official diagnosis, there's a lot of them, but I will give you the main ones, and those are Crohn's disease, rheumatoid arthritis, chronic fatigue, I have a bridging, like, bulging disc in my spine. I know a lot of people have, you know, pinched nerves and things like that. There was a bunch of x-rays that showed those types of things throughout my life. But my whole life sort of was just sick until it no longer was. So as a kid, uh, my parents took me to different doctors back and forth, and no one could figure out what was wrong with me. I was born in the 80s. Crohn's was not as, you know pronounced as it is now people kind of I believe that's a topic for another time but a lot of the food that we eat nowadays causes that kind of stuff so a lot of people are starting to have you know bowel disorders that otherwise didn't have them but I was told upon diagnosis at age 12 
that it was actually because I was from Ashkenazi Jewish descent. So that was what? like strike one against being Jewish in my book. Oh my God. Um, that and doesn't I, even make sense. That was what I was told by my family. It's what I was told by my gastroenterologist. And it's one of the many reasons that I actually converted out of Judaism to, <laughs> believe it or not. So belief systems are, they run deep guys. And I'm, I'm mentioning that for a reason. Okay. So plant that seed. So as a child, super, super hyperactive because I always was in pain and I was always uncomfortable. Um, I was very volatile and very aggressive, I believe, because I didn't understand why I was in pain. I've done a lot of meditative work and, you know, microdosing psilocybin really opened my eyes and my mind to seeing how much of my sickness started from my beliefs as a child and the way that I was raised and the things that occurred. I knew that I got attention every time I complained about a stomachache. And I had an actual stomachache every fucking day. So I was being given attention, even if it was negative attention, every single day, right? And at a certain point, that attention, I didn't want that anymore. And then I had to figure out what to do with that. But I was diagnosed at age 12 with Crohn's disease. The way that I was diagnosed was through a Prometheus blood exam. I have no clue if they still do those blood tests. At the time, the blood test was like $700. I was 12 fucking years old. And I remember hearing my family talk about how much money this specific test cost. And then at that point, I remember storing the thought process and the belief that I was a fucking burden because I was now a financial burden as a child on my already broke ass family, not understanding that that absolutely had nothing to do with me. Right. So fast forward a little bit. That Prometheus blood exam was also coupled with three colonoscopies, two endoscopies and a sigmoidoscopy all which resulted in them misdiagnosing me twice before I actually got the Crohn's diagnosis. So by the time I had the Crohn's diagnosis, there was quite a few medical bills that had been racked up. And, you know, at a time where other 12 year olds are having birthday parties and talking about the, the bat mitzvahs that their parents were going to, you know, it's a Jewish thing, look it up, throw for them. Um, I was watching kids live a life that I wasn't getting to live. Okay. And regardless of why I wasn't getting to live it, it's hard enough to be a fucking kid, just even if you're healthy. And so I was constantly realizing like, oh, I'm different. And oh, I can't have ice cream at that party. Not knowing it was the ice cream, but I would go to like birthday parties and eat things and I would get massively violently ill at the party. And then my family would have to come pick me up and then I would come home and like kids are mean. So they would talk shit about it the next day. And I had diarrhea and I farted all the time and it was really uncomfortable and it contributed to, I believe, the beginning of my gender stuff. I really do. Um, it's very hard to feel feminine when you just shit your pants at school all the fucking time. When you get the nervous shits, when you have gut issues, right? And not realizing how much of the food I was eating, like that was never talked about. It was never discussed with me until I was a grown ass adult and went to see a nutritionist and a, you know, a naturopath that the things I had been eating were actually making me sicker. Um, who knows if they made me sick in the first place, but they definitely made me sicker. So my life, it was, yeah, it was just sick. I mean, it was tests and diagnosis and then one medication after the next and me from a very young age being on the phone with insurance companies because my parents 
didn't really know how to deal with it because they didn't have a sick kid before me. They had my brother who was kind of like in all intents and purposes, the perfect son. So it was just hard. It was really hard. And, you know, I could go on and on about it, but I think you get it. It was fucked and it was continuously fucked and doctors didn't know what they know now. And I will say what I always say, which is that doctors did the best they could with what they had. They gave me diagnosis based on the information that they went to school and were taught. They Mm. gave me medications based on the information that they went to school and were taught about and the payback, the kickback that doctors get from medical companies when they prescribe medications. And I'm going to say that because I can't tell you how many times I went to pick up a prescription at a CVS or a Walgreens and the fucking pharmacist, not the head of the Crohn's division at a hospital or the head of whatever at a major medical center, but the pharmacist said, you cannot take these two drugs together. You will have a seizure. I'm sorry. Medication from my stomach? So please, 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 I am fucking begging you before I even continue this get a second and third opinion. I don't care if it's your family doctor, and I don't care if you've known that person your whole fucking life. They're probably a profound physician. You deserve to get a second and a third opinion, because if I had followed the statistics for people with Crohn's, I would probably have a permanent ostomy right now, or some something would be different in my life. I probably wouldn't have my colon I don't know that I would be where I'm at physically because I took matters into my own hands. And I know that that's really scary. And I promise I'll I'll talk more about that in a second. I I just implore you to reach out and get as much information about whatever diagnosis you've been given. Get more information. Okay. I have a rap sheet if you'd like to talk about diagnosis and diagnosis codes. And all those are, baby girl, are insurance codes so that they can bill and get paid at that doctor's office for what they just diagnosed you at. It does not determine your quality of life or give you a life sentence unless you take it on. My mom is a three-time cancer survivor and proof of that. So do not tell me, oh, what about cancer? Nope. I'm serious. I'm very, very emotional about this topic and passionate about it because it could save your own life. If you, you ask for another opinion. Will you go into a little bit of just, you said you took matters into your own hands. Mm-hmm. What that look like? Yes. Oh, I would love it. Okay. So shifting, right? So my life was sick until I chose to have a lifestyle that no longer supported that sickness. And that meant that I no longer subscribed to the belief that I was sick, even though I felt sick. It meant that I was determined to act, and I still am, two years later and will for the rest of my days alive. Act every single day on the choice to say no. When doctors say, you need to take this medication because you have Crohn's disease, no. Well, you need to do this because, no. My family, you should, no. (laughs) Like, it really does not matter what somebody else who has Crohn's does. It's what works for my body. That's why I told you not to do what I do, but to go get a second or third opinion. I need you to find out what works for you. I took matters into my own hands because I sat in a doctor's office and my breaking point, one of many, because it still took time, 
was being 26 years old, I believe, and going to get a bone scan because I couldn't do push-ups because my wrist felt like it was literally about to snap. And I had a bone density scan and they told me that I had early stage osteoarthritis and bone loss in my right and left wrist. And I fell out in my rheumatologist's office and said, I don't understand, like, how does it just keep getting worse? Like, how am I getting older and I'm still trying to do things and make changes and it just keeps getting worse? And that was the day that I went home, honestly, and looked into medical marijuana while I was still very entrenched in the recovery community and took matters into my own hands because I was like, I will do anything to not live in pain and misery anymore just because I was diagnosed with these things and diagnosed, and I mean diagnosed guys, diagnosed as an addict, diagnosed as, you know, a spoonie. Like I know there's a whole community hashtag spoonie and I hear you guys, but like you're better than that. And you can hate me for saying that if you want, but you're fucking better than that. Do not degrade yourself. You deserve to live a life beyond being like, oh, I don't have a spoon for that. How about just have a boundary and be like, I'm tired. I'm going home. Okay. So matters into my own hands meant telling doctors I'm no longer coming to you. I had to sign. It's called AMA. It's against medical advisement paperwork that I would no longer be receiving treatment from UCLA. I would no longer be receiving treatment from St. John's. I would no longer be receiving treatment from all the hospitals and doctors that I was because I was choosing to take alternative treatment and I started seeing a naturopath. And that's basically so that if something happens, you can't come back on them and be like, whatever. Correct. Because doctors, legally speaking, are giving you drugs that are essentially chemotherapy derivatives, right? Which is also why I have a shaved head because my hair fell out in clumps after years of Remicade, right? My, oh yeah, when I started talking to uh, the woman who ended up helping me, the doctor who ended up helping me with medical marijuana, the first conversation she had was, why are you taking omeprazole? That contributes to bone loss, and I see that you have arthritis. And I thought, hmm, a medical marijuana doctor in four seconds on a Skype call saw that I was taking omeprazole because she actually cross-referenced my medications and saw that that was a direct like violation of my RA essentially and was like who the like who prescribed this and it just made me start to I'm going to say this guys it made me start to question okay it made me start to question that I'm not bashing Western meds. I think that they save people's lives and they save mine up to this point for sure. Yeah, I just sure. wanted to like, chime in a little like legal thing. I don't want to get like shut down. We're not 100%. against anything. <laughs> this is not approved by the FDA. You guys do blah, you. Blah, blah, blah. Like you <laughs> will do, do us. You yeah, do yeah. you. You can do whatever you need to, but I'm telling you for me that that was why I had to sign those papers, okay? So that it was because I was taking matters into my own hands and to this day I still go in and see certain doctors and they're amazed. Like their mouth drops to the floor nothing makes me happier than getting to prove an MD wrong because I'm like you're not bad you went to school for something and you deserve to go to more Mm -hmm. school I mean sorry to say it but if you're gonna like treat people's illness and take their life into your hands I know how much school you go to Mm -hmm. I still don't think it's enough because every person is different and I, I will say dying. though I don't know that it's it's hundred percent medication, but I don't know that it's a hundred percent like they're like giving it to you, uh, like ah uh, like it's <laughs> not to kill you. I'm not no no I'm no not, no, not, not to no. But let me say this: I think that you know a lot of times the doctors may believe X Y and Z, and they may think this, but 
there are voices bigger than them, i.e. Big Farm and all of this shit, like, that it is kind of pushing the yeah. way that I people think are treated. I believe yes. they do the best they can, and I know that doctors aren't bad people, and I had and still have friends in my family who are physicians, and I know that they genuinely want to help people. Yeah. I know that they genuinely go to work every day, and they do... And they do the best they can, and it sucks probably for them to see somebody like me. Yeah. Honestly. But I know that they want to see people feel better, and that's what they think they're doing. And it's no different than when I was a clinical case manager working in drug treatment, spinning my fucking wheels, thinking I was helping people. You do the best you can where you're Mm -hmm. at. I see you. I hear you, and I respect you. But this is my story. And if you are listening and you're offended because you subscribe to the Western Med, take the Western Med. I still take psych meds. My plan is to get off those too, okay? I still have health insurance because I'm not an idiot. And if I get into a car accident and break my fucking leg, my naturopath isn't going to fix that. Guys, protect yourself, okay? But also protect yourself. I saw a naturopath. I couldn't afford it at the time. And I put it on credit cards because I knew what kind of life I wanted to have, okay? And it took a year to get off of those Western meds. And I want to share that coming off of Lyrica, specifically. I have come off of crack cocaine and opiates and and some gnarly shit, and I have never been sicker, (laughs) more sick. However you say, I was fucked up sideways coming off of Never been sicker. Okay, that drug, (laughs) goddamn, the salad's starting to come out. Okay, it's happening for a year now. (laughs) Guys, I've never been sicker than on those drugs, and I've never felt better than being off of those medications mm-hmm. and I didn't know until I gave myself that chance and it, it was scary and I got sicker before I got yeah. better and I need to share that okay I got a lot worse before I got better and that was when I realized the key point I want to talk to you about my mindset I got sicker and I there was no reason that I should have been sick I was off the meds that clearly made me ill I was eating the way that I knew made me feel good and everything was for, for better or worse, it was chill. And all of a sudden, I had to sit with myself healthy. And I was like, holy shit. I've been keeping myself sick my whole life because I didn't know who I was healthy. I didn't know how the people in my life who have worried about me and taken care of me and had to bend over backwards for me, how it would be for them Oh my God. And also like, what if people didn't love me anymore? What if I didn't love me anymore? What if my partner didn't want to be with me because he no longer had to take care of me, right? Like all these thoughts that started to, to come in that had never come in before because I had never given myself the chance to be without this identity of sickness. And guys, I was still sick. Let me ask you something. When you said in the beginning you, at some point in your childhood, realized that you felt like a burden, when did you go from, when did you change from that burden mindset to, you know, like a more, I don't know. Honestly. Or are you still in that? I struggle at times. I definitely do. I don't want to say all the time. Um, Watching my mom come through her bilateral mastectomy and lose her identity and try to find herself and really watching her struggle with who she is and that it's never been something that she's done, that she lived in her brother's shadow because her brother's Mark Spitz and he was an Olympian 
and then she like lived in my dad's shadow because he's loud as fuck like me and then she got married to my stepdad to like get out of the marriage because they were awful for each other and then she got cancer and like she's never figured out who the fuck she is and she's so rad and I'm like what if there is somebody inside of me that's really cool what if I'm not getting to know this person and also just watching my mom struggle with it so much I was like holy shit I have no idea who I am and I was suicidal extremely because I tried to come off of in the process of me coming maybe I should share that part yeah this is super important in the process of coming off of all my western meds physically I was like well let me just come off my psych meds because like why the fuck not right uh, that was what I thought. And this is what I mean when I say, like, I'm not against Western meds as a whole. I, I think they save people's lives when they're necessary, but not for autoimmune stuff. For me, I thought I'll come off of, at the time I was only on Lexapro two years ago, and I came off of it really slowly, but apparently not slowly enough. And I believe everything happens for a reason, but I went into, like, complete fucking psychosis. And I was homicidal and suicidal and had suicide ideations and because I had worked in treatment for over 10 years as a case manager I was like I, I recognize this behavior this is not okay and then as soon as I had a plan I was like oh fuck this is really not okay and it was rough it was it was really fucked up and at the time too like my health physically was so bad because of that and in that moment too thinking to myself in the moment of wanting to kill myself and like having the plan and about to execute it thinking what did I get sober for? Like, what did I get sober at 19 to end up here and be fucking miserable only to kill myself? And like, my fucking family, like, my poor fucking family that I would put them through this again, right? And in that moment, thank God for codependency that I've now been working through because it saved my life. And I reached out for help and I got the help that I needed and I started the process. And that was when I started to see the light a little bit. And that's when I was like, I like, this has got to change. And when the mindset went from just mindset to spirituality, when I started to reincorporate things that I had, I mean, I could talk for days and there's two, there's not enough time, but I had an entire spiritual practice that I had adopted when I lived in San Francisco. And when I went to school, I went to college there. And that was when I did a lot of my case management work. I had an entire altar in my room. I had an incredible spiritual practice. That was when I was converting from Judaism to Catholicism. I used to go to church. I was really interested in all of it. And then I was shamed by myself, by the community I was part of, um, by my family because they didn't understand it and they didn't necessarily like it, um, by the friends that I had in my life. And, and just social media wasn't what it is now where I had like people to look up to necessarily and I wasn't... I didn't have that in myself yet, so I bailed. I straight up just bailed, and I, like, took down my altar one afternoon. I remember my roommate at the time was like, what the fuck? Was that all just fake? And I was like, I just don't want to do that anymore. And I, that day, I started to live a lie of I'm just going to be this person that other people want me to be because that's why I got sober and I have to be this martyr. And it, it just, it, it fucked everything up and perpetuated it. So coming back to it, I started to reincorporate those practices that I had that I remember used to make me feel good and then I incorporated them into a morning routine I set up an altar at my house I have a little bag that has all my pro my can talk crystals so that I can take them with me when I travel because I like to travel I make my health be my non-negotiable and my priority where before it was the very last thing on the list if it even was on the list 
my health comes before everything. It comes before my partnership. It comes before my friendships. It comes because I'm nothing without it. I can't be there for Jake if I'm shitting my brains out in the bathroom all day because I binge ate the night before. I can't be there for my friends emotionally to hear them out if I have brain fog because I chose to eat foods that I knew were going to fuck my Crohn's up and keep lying to myself saying, well, just a little bit or just a bite or maybe just this one time. No, fool. It's your body. It's a machine. If you put sludge into a machine, it stops. Your body is a car, okay? And I need you to look at your body as a car, whether you have autoimmune illness or not, because this is what my naturopath taught me, okay? If you don't put the proper fuel into your car, your car dies. And then you got to put a bunch of money into the shop and you got to put a bunch of money into the car and people complain about it, but you get the car fixed and it, and it kind of works, but not like it did before, right? Okay, that's what you're doing to yourself every time, every time. And I don't even have to say every time you, you know what I mean if you're listening to this and you have autoimmune illness, especially Crohn's, okay? Every time you abandon yourself, every time you tell yourself that you don't need to do what you need to do for your health, that is when you actually do become that burden that you worry about being. I no longer am a burden because now I'm healthy enough on the other side of it to earn the income to pay off the credit cards that paid for my naturopath to get me here. Okay, now I have the freedom to be able to look at my family and say, I know you don't understand the way I live, but guess what? It makes my Crohn's feel good. And the way that you guys live makes my Crohn's hurt. Do you know how hard it is to say what I just said, knowing that my family listens to this? The chaos and mayhem and martyrdom and victim and complaining and bullshit that I was raised and still see makes my Crohn's hurt. So I don't fuck with it. And that makes me look however I look. But guess what? I'm no longer pissing blood out of my ass. So my question is, are you? And it goes back to what we've said in other episodes about how much stress has to do with it. Everything. It's everything. When I met you, Raina, mm -hmm. I remember being the person that said, you know, oh, well, I just this. Or, well, I... Anytime you start a sentence with, well, I... Or, well, actually, or, well, for me, or, well, my autoimmune, okay, what you're doing, you're not. You're not different. Can I tell you that I remember you being like that when Please I share. first met you? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, just, like. And it's denial, so I get it, guys. Okay. And I'm, and I'm hoping well, to shed light on no, it so I you guys even, are like, fuck, that's me. I want to tell you how much that was projected. That's the only reason I'm telling you this, otherwise I'd never tell you your face. 100%. That's what we do, guys. That's what we do. <laughs> But, like, I remember just, I don't even know who I was telling, but I remember they were like, how's it going with Lindsay? I know you don't normally room with people. And I remember being like, she's just, yeah, she's like a lot. Um, and it's like every time I say anything, all she talks about is her Crohn's. I remember telling someone that. It about was my the, identity. That was, that's, yes. It was my fucking cloak of it armor. It was everything was you knew. Me. And if it were gone, you wouldn't know what the hell to do with yourself. So get yourself a friend that asks you fucked up questions because one of the first questions that this bitch ever asked me was, who would you be if you didn't have Crohn's? And I was like, why would you ask that? Because that's not even real because I can't get rid of Crohn's and Crohn's is awful and how could you even be so insensitive that you would even fucking ask me? 
Is it ringing a bell right now, guys? <laughs> I hope that some of you are shook as fuck right now if that's you. I hope that my story empowers the fuck out of you to maybe ask your doctor why. Maybe ask your doctor why are you prescribing that medication. <laughs> maybe ask yourself this question. Do you want to be a person that doesn't ask questions about their own health? Do you want to be a person that believes that you're the same as every other person and that the universe did not actually give you a heartbeat to make you unique and individual and that that means that your genetic blueprint is different than mine and therefore the medications or the subscriptions that work for me aren't necessarily going to work for you? Why not figure out what works for you? So much of the spirituality component, guys, is sitting and trusting my gut. Oh, I know all of everyone right now. I was like, I can't trust my gut. I have an autoimmune disease. That's what I said to Reina. That's what I said to my doctors. That's what I said to the shaman that I started working with when I started. And I talked in this episode for the first time about psilocybin for a reason, guys. I'm not telling you that you have to do anything. I'm telling you that if you had asked me a year ago if I would have been utilizing any of the plant medications that I do now, I would have told you that you're insane. Okay? I would have said there's no way because I'm a drug addict. Because I had that label. Because that was my story. Because that was my identity. I'm a drug addict and I have Crohn's. I'm a drug addict and I have Crohn's. I'm a prostitute. I'm a drug addict and I have Crohn's. I'm a prostitute. Like, I've said it so many times that I could, like, I should have it tattooed on me. But guess what? I'm only a drug addict, prostitute, this, that, Crohn's, if I fucking choose to we be are tattooing every day. I have to say this before I forget it. it. We are tattooing that on your body so that it never has to come out of your mouth. Again. Oh, amen. We got to rewatch it and um, listen to what I said. I'm like, wait. Victor, well, it doesn't all matter. of it. Guys, you're only sick if you fucking yeah. say you're sick. I remember I went and had like acupuncture and cupping with this healer. She was so incredible. And I was not right in the head at this point yet. <laughs> not that I am now by any means, but I was laying on the table and I was talking, you know, just talking. And, you know, four, five, six minutes in, she goes, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, oh, bitch just interrupted me. <laughs> Talking about sick I am, how rude. She goes, has it ever occurred to you that maybe you're sick because you say you're sick? Like, I just heard you say you're sick a hundred times and you don't really seem that sick to me. I almost jumped off the table and popped her in the mouth because I was like, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? But guess what? How bitch was right. Dare you. She was right because I was so committed, so committed. And I understand that in the beginning, it's going to be awkward and reach out, okay? I know that in the beginning, when you're pissing blood out of your ass and you're trying to change your mindset, that it's going to be difficult to change that mindset from, I sit on this toilet now and piss my ass because I have fucking crowns and the world is just, you know, if they knew how bad I had it. But guess what? You could take your phone in there and, like, make use of your time and watch some inspirational videos and start to fill your head with the fact that you get to be alive and take a shit. Where my friend has a permanent, she doesn't have a fucking colon. I don't have, have a butthole. Like, I need you to have gratitude for him. Yeah, she said it. Zero. Zero colon. Nothing. I need Nothing. you, and I need Nothing. to say it, because we're bringing the heat, guys. I need you to hear me right now. Somebody has it worse than you, and I'm not saying it so that you're like, well, and yeah, no, I'm, I'm meaning this. If you are so incapable of seeing and so unwilling of seeing gratitude, then I need you to, like, look within for a moment and ask yourself if you shit in a bag. Because if you don't, then you're better off than some other people, and I need you to be grateful. And if you do shit in a bag, then I need you to hear me right now. You're alive. And you could be dead. And the fact that that bag saves one of my best friend's life every fucking day 
is one of the biggest reasons that I stopped binge eating because I told her it was my biggest fear and she said, that's what's keeping you sick. She said, you're the healthiest I've ever seen you and this is keeping you sick. That you're sitting in the dark at night as evolved as you have gotten and you are still killing yourself in the dark. Why? So now we can go back to the question before. Yes, I still feel like a burden sometimes because I still sometimes subscribe to the I'm a whore, I'm a this, I'm a Crohn's, I'm that. And the more I put myself in that box, the more that is a reality. So the less I put myself in that box, the less sick I am. I want to know what boxes you're putting yourself into, guys, and how sick you're making yourself. And I'm not telling you that you're the cause of your problems. I'm telling you that you can fucking be the solution. Your problems, they might not be of your doing. I don't know that I caused Crohn's. Who gives a fuck? I have it. Let's fix it. Let's do what I can to make my life the best I can. Stop feeling sorry for yourself that you are fucked up. I was molested and raped and beaten and kidnapped and all the trauma in the world probably led to the reason that I have Crohn's. But who cares? I have it and I choose if I let it define me. There are athletes who don't even have limbs, who have artificial prosthetic limbs and are in the Olympics doing things that are, are mind-blowing and miraculous and you can't for five seconds fucking believe in yourself? Are you fucking kidding me? This is my real talk for you. I need you to realize that you're alive and I need you to look at whatever circumstances you have right now in your life and I don't give a fuck if you're the reason you're there or not, but you are the reason you can get out of it. And it is only on you. No one, no one is coming to save you. And that was the defining moment for me, was realizing that all these doctors were not saving me. All the medications weren't saving me. My naturopath wasn't saving me. The common thread over 28 years was you need to reduce your stress level. You need to learn to calm down. You need to do this. You need to do that. And the common kickback was, I can't because. Guess what? I can't because means I fucking won't. That's it. And that's plain and simple. You fucking can and you fucking will or you fucking won't. And that's the truth. Now that's... <laughs> a new tattoo. You're very quiet. You fucking can, you fucking will. Right, you right. And there's my yeah. tattoo. Yeah. Okay. Baby girl. Okay, you guys, I was like... I'm like you were just, mesmerized. I was mesmerized. <laughs> I was zoned in mm -hmm. on everything that Linz was talking about. And, you know, through your journey and stuff, another common thread is, Linz, you give no fucks. Mm -hmm. Like, you really don't. To be bold enough to get a second or third opinion, I mean, let's... Shout out to that's brave. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't do that. And, you know, and then to see that you have overcome such adversity. I mean, we know you so well, but the next step is also to publicly share and ownership. And that's freaking scary and hard. Even sharing about psilocybin just now, my asshole. Talk about wanting to shit my pants. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to know that. And it's not hard, actually. I don't know why. It's, I tell myself it's hard. I know that as a parent it's difficult to have a kid that's different and then to have that kid be so like comfortable 
or comfortably uncomfortable with being different and then to share that shit on like <laughs> to the world. I get it. I do. Um, I do want to share that this is in 35 years of my living the healthiest and happiest that I've ever been. It's the first time in my life that I'm not on medication other than psych meds. It's the least amount of psych meds that I've ever been on. This is the, let's see, last time I was in the hospital, the longest I've been out of the hospital my entire life, both mental and physical hospitals. Um, I quite literally defy the odds of what I was told my life would be. And if my family or friends or the world is uncomfortable with the fact that I use plant-based medications, then that's kind of quite literally the definition of not my fucking problem. And, you know, <laughs> it's not that I give no fucks, guys. It's that I give all the fucks and then some. I just only give them about myself now because I can't be Lindsay motherfucking Ross and have an impact on the world and have all the shit that I went through be for something bigger if I give even one fuck about what you think about me. We'll bleep, that. we'll bleep be, that out. Yeah, you should be doing that for you. You should be giving all the fucks to how you feel about yourself. Like, why are you even worried about what someone else is doing in their life at all? I have to interrupt to, like, are you okay? To just add a few, I feel like I need a few legal things. Oh, yes. Let's and, talk some, okay. but, well, people get I was very, raised by an attorney, so yeah, I should know this now. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of things were said, a lot of things were claimed, yada, yada, yada. I know yeah. my beliefs are beliefs, whatever. The FDA does not approve suicide right. and mushrooms. Those are okay, illegal. so let's talk about, she said, my body, like, every body, physical body, is different. Do not, we are in no way, shape, or form go, going and saying, like, tomorrow, yeah. stop taking all of your medications and nope. start eating healthy. If you, you will die, die, we are not responsible. <laughs> do not do, go off your medication. Do not, not It go took off. over a year yes. to get off of my Western medications because you, your body is addicted to these medications and it's keeping it. There is a not process alive, you have to go through to get right. off of these medications. That's why so I talk to your doctor. Talk to your doctor. Get a natural path. Have them, you know, mish, match what they're saying. I don't know. Talk, get opinions and just go off it and do it the safe way and just do your research. Before. And you guys, it just comes, again, it comes back to take control of your life. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to this and go, I gotta be like Lindsay and yes. oh my god, I should no. do this. Like, like that's, that's why we're just putting this little kind of, uh, yeah, disclaimer. disclaimer is just going, guys, just yeah. own it. Lindsay's story is unparalleled. I mean, I, I, have, I, I think you should write a book. I want to oh and it's god. honestly why I love people like David Goggins because there are, I mean, he's one of the most, if not the most inspirational humans that I've come across thus far in my life. And there's still a, a multitude of people that think he's a fucking nut, like a nut job because of the things that he does. But his, you know, I have stay hard tattooed on my knuckles for a reason. And it's to remind me that I'm capable of anything that I walked on fire at the Tony Robbins conference that I went to. And, you know, I have that tattooed on me where it says AFT, which means all the fucking time, which means I walk on fire all the fucking time, right? Every, my whole wheelhouse in life is about being uncomfortable and having these uncomfortable conversations to grow because I believe that wholeheartedly the reason I didn't have Crohn's was because I was fucking stifled. I wasn't growing and that's not blaming my family or my friends. That was me. I was so afraid to grow into anything that wasn't sick and what I identified as or what my family knew me as because I was so afraid to like disappoint anybody and honestly just afraid to figure out who the fuck I was and take responsibility as a grown ass adult and not a sick child. You're an adult. You're no longer a sick child unless you choose 
to be a sick child. So that's really all I got for you guys. Can I, I add? I'm going to add. I, hi. Okay. Go, go. Uh, add on. Add compliance on. here again. Uh, I want to add in the suicide thing, the kidnapping thing. If you are in harm, if there is a situation where you please need help, help, please seek help. I went to, and I still am in therapy, okay? I still am in therapy once a week. Um, now it is with a gender specialist instead of all the other stuff. But I've been through EMDR. I've been through somatic therapy. I've done every possible style of therapy from cognitive behavioral therapy to dialectal behavioral therapy. And that's when I say that I tried psilocybin mushrooms. I mean that I tried I exhausted my spiritual, therapeutic, legal, normal, Western avenues. And when I finally exhausted everything and I was fucking spent and somebody presented a different way to me in the process of me questioning things, I then researched for years and I looked at the statistics and I listened to the leaders and I... I did the research and then I made the fucking decision. So I also want you to know that like, it wasn't like I got on Monday was like, I'm going to fucking go off on my meds. No, there was a lot of thought and a lot of Mm -hmm. process and a lot of discussion and a lot of, you know, extra, extra help that went into this. And that's why I said like, get a second and third opinion. That doesn't mean your opinion. That means go and get an opinion from someone that is not the one person that gives you that. It's kind of like, let me give you this. When you women, Okay, ladies, when you're getting dressed to go somewhere, do you ever ask your fucking husband which one looks better? Nah. You text your friend and you ask which picture looks better, which outfit looks better, and you probably text more than one friend if I, I mean, if you're smart. So why would you do that? Why would you not do that with your health? When you go to a restaurant, do you look at the first thing and order the first thing that you see? Or do you look at the menu and look at your options because you don't know how hungry you are? Like, we make so many rash decisions with health just because that person has a degree. Like, I don't care what your credential is. If you don't ask me about who I am as a person and the stuff that's coming to the table, like, you're giving me medication for my Crohn's and maybe had somebody asked me what was happening at home or at school or actually talked to me about some things. Uh, so the mindset piece could have been a factor. You know, the trajectory of my life could have looked different. And so... I just think people need to talk. And when I, that's what I mean by second and third opinion is like go to a doctor and then maybe also get a therapist. And especially if you guys have autoimmune illness and you don't have a therapist, what are you fucking doing with your life? Because there is no way, hear me, there is no way that you have physical shit and ailments and dis-ease happening in your body and you're mentally fucking on it. There's no way. I don't care who you are. There is no possible way that you are not being chipped away at slowly in your psyche because I used to be such a raging fucking bitch and it was always I'd be like oh it's because I'm in pain no it's because I didn't deal with my emotional pain which manifested physically and exacerbated my physical pain times a million and I was just a bitch not because my family didn't listen to me not because my partner was annoying or because I had Crohn's but because I was a bitch but chose to be a bitch. And right there, that's, that's that's ownership. This is what we all are kind of talking and realizing is how much you need to own your stories you tell, the lies you want to perpetuate about yourself, and you know, really going. This is my my life. I'm gonna I'm gonna freaking do whatever I can here. And mm-hmm. I mean, 
we had a great chat with Raina, and Lindsay did not disappoint at all. I mean, thank you for sharing this. I know we could have gotten into many, many, many more avenues with you, and I'm sure we will. We've got a million episodes coming more up. More so will be revealed. More will be revealed in the future. But, um, Lindsay, if you wanted to give people one closing thought about where you are now, so what would that be? And then... Do your thing. In two minutes or less, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I always think I have something really simple. I'm not like, I'm doing it right now. It's happening. Guys, how do you feel? Pulse check and ask yourself how you feel. And if any part of you feels not fucking ecstatic about waking up in the morning to the life that you're living, then please, please, please make even a small change, even in one direction, even if that's just reaching out to Lady Bits, okay? Please, even if that's reaching out to, to find a therapist, even if that's Googling free psych help, sliding scale therapist, free public mental health services. Google is such a good resource for you. There is and I mean, it's endless infinity on YouTube, okay, of videos that you could listen to to pump yourself up, to motivate yourself, to, to love on yourself and teach you how to kind of change and rewire that, that system that's going on in your brain right now. Because I need you to know that if you have disease in your body, you have disease in your brain. And that's usually where it starts. And that's usually where the healing starts too, okay? So changing the food and changing the, the lifestyle and all that shit. That's great, but if you still think that you're a piece of shit, you're going to be a piece of shit. So it starts in your head, and it ends in your head, okay? And I promise you, you're not alone. That's that's the point of sharing all this information, is that you're never alone. And I want to share one thing with you that's going to scare you. You are totally worthy of feeling good. You are 100% worthy of feeling good. And you don't have to feel guilty about that. I love you guys. Thank you for letting me share. In the meantime, ladies, till next time, take care of them bits. Bye. Hey, Lady Bits. Thanks again for tuning in and listening to our podcast. The way this community really grows and supports one another is simply by word of mouth. We would really appreciate it if you could head over and rate and review our podcast on iTunes. Then go check out our social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And go like, share, comment, and subscribe to all of it. This community is really to support women, educate women, and also just to help you find your voice. So until next time, take care of the bits you've got.